Hello there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're glad that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that you would be edified and Christ would be glorified. If you're new to the podcast, I'd encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, all one word, and there you can find out more information about us. We have a statement of faith, where there is a prayer request page there, uh, ways to support us, there's uh, how to contact us through uh, our webpage if you have a biblical question. Or There's also a, a section there for us to uh, so you find us on social media. And we're now on Facebook. And so if you're uh, on Facebook and you want to follow along with us there, that would be great. We do post articles uh, there from time to time that uh, come out of uh, different media formats that have to do with Christianity around the world. And we also post uh, and let everybody know that uh, the podcast is up each week and the title of it. But you can also hit that like button or follow button and you'll just get an alert on whatever app you're using to uh, listen to the podcast as well. So I'd encourage you uh, to do that. Today we're going to talk about how would you like to be treated? How would you like to be treated? And if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it and follow along and turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And before we go there, I'm going to read Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And if you don't have a Bible and you want to follow along, you download one for probably 99 cents or even free off of an app store. And it, you carry it with you at all times. Or you can go to the web page. And on the front page there, if you click on the link there where the Bible verse, the daily Bible verse, it will take you to a web page. And you can select any version of the Bible that you prefer and they have different languages there from around the world too so I'd encourage you to do that I, I just I always have a Bible around when I'm listening to other people talk or preach or whatever I want to know are they are they really uh, reading the text or are they just just trying to do something to impress me but Matthew chapter 12 verse 37 says this and this is Jesus speaking for by your words you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. You know, relationships for us as human beings, they're, they're very important to us. The relationships that we have uh, matter uh, from your, your gender, or per, your age group. And that's simply because it is this the way our God created us. Yes, there are different types of relationships as we grow from childhood into adulthood. Uh, those relationships, needs, and types uh, do change through the course of life. Some of us might be in a business-type relationship, being good friends with somebody, and even a marital uh, relationship. Relationships might determine if you're happy or not. There's lots of articles and uh, doctors talking about how married people are happier than single people and so on. 
I'm not going to go into all that today, but God really intended us to be around others. He intended us to get along and work together, and to treat one another uh, with brotherly love. Jesus gives us the best advice that we could that we could ever find anywhere when it comes to relationships, and it comes in one simple verse. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. And this is from the New American Standard Update. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. Now, in some relationships, maybe we just don't feel like uh, completing that uh, command from Jesus on how we should treat others and everything that we do and everything that we say and somebody out there probably thinking well I've heard all this my life and that's okay but how much do you really need to put this into practice well, perhaps we don't completely understand what Jesus really means here uh, by his statement so let's try to get into this a little bit to treat other people in the same way you want them to treat you. Do we really put this into practice or is it, are we just all talk? When we look around the world and watch the news and, and, and social media and, and we watch how other people living in the world are acting, it's pretty clear we don't always put this into practice. I recall more than on one occasion, uh, years ago, I was a 911 dispatcher, and it was clear that these two people claimed to be married, but they were not treating others as Jesus talks about here. When, when we can use words as though they are weapons to hurt and destroy the other person uh, emotionally, you know, as a pastor, I remember going into a home where the husband and wife had been fighting, and it looked like a war zone. I mean, there was food thrown everywhere, trash everywhere, things were broken. I'm thinking, wow, is this how we really supposed to talk to each other and treat each other? Or, or two people have this automobile accident, and one of the other uh, person, you know, in this uh, accident. Uh, they're swearing, they're making threats. Uh, I've even, they've even had on the news here somebody accidentally rear-ended somebody and the guy got out with a gun. Okay, really? Uh, this is how we talked and treat each other? Now, obviously the news probably didn't give us the whole story. I don't know exactly what was going on there. But I would hope that if I was involved in an accident, I wouldn't be meeting somebody who wanted to shoot me over it. As Christians... We also can mistreat each other in our words and our deeds. And I have witnessed this countless times in the, over the 20 years uh, that I've been preaching and, and mission work and whatnot. You know, and we often call this verse the golden rule. And since we have put such a pretty name on it and we sprinkled it with gold and glitter... We think we have it all figured out and understand it. If you are a person who thinks and acts along this line of thought, 
Well, I treat others well, but they don't always give kindness back. So, so I don't have to be nice to them any longer, to those people who do not act Christian or Christ-like. And this is not what Jesus is saying here at all. There are people who we will meet who they always think that they're smarter than you, they're better than you, and they can outperform you, whether that's in the workplace, uh, at school, sporting events, and including the church. Something that we all really must learn and, and understand is this. We cannot control others. We cannot control their words. We cannot control their thoughts. The fact of the matter is, we can only control ourselves. Therefore, anyone claiming to be a follower of Jesus must obey the commandments of Jesus, plain and simple. Matthew 7, 12 is just one of his many commandments. This is actually a very simple command. However, for some reason, we really make it a difficult one to follow, all of us. Every one of us struggle in, in faithfully applying this golden rule, or this command in our life. Think about this command here. This is a command that reveals the very heart of God. It shows us how God thinks of us and how we are to treat others and how God if he's our example we are to treat others the way God treats them with love and hopes of repentance they are also made in the image of God this commandment from God has been around since the days of Moses and the prophets the fact of the matter is you and I don't have to search very far into the depth of this question. How God really wants me to treat others. Because Jesus, again, he has summed it up for you in one verse, one sentence. As much as you and I want to justify our own actions or our own words and how we treat other people, no matter how hard we try, we cannot get around this statement from Jesus from his own lips and how we are to treat others. And it really, it's very heartbreaking. I, I know me as, as a pulpit minister for years, and being the target of many things, and I'm thinking this is how we talk to one another, this is how we treat one another, people wanting to pick fist fights in the parking lot. Is that Christ-like? Of course not. Okay? When we break this command, we sin. Plain and simple. Someone is going to say, Well, you know what, preacher? No one's perfect. And you know, you're right. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. But this really has nothing to do with being perfect. This has everything to do with how we treat each other. When... We start treating each other with the same respect we want, we begin to build godly relationships. 
And as we build those God-like relationships, we make them stronger and stronger each day. Then when we go out to teach others about the gospel of Christ, what a powerful force. Not only to show others outside of the church, outside of the body of Christ, but also those relationships within the church, they will withstand any attack from Satan. We all want relationships that reflect God's heart for his church. I mean, he died for it. He died for us. Otherwise, why do we, why do we meet on Sunday mornings? If you don't want this type of relationship, uh, I would challenge you to do some serious reflecting in your life. How many people do you or can you trust in your workplace? Well, my guess, well, probably not very many. Close to zero would be my guess for most people. But what about within your family unit? Do you trust your spouse, your parents, your children? I would hope there would be more people within your in family unit that you can trust than at work. And I know there's family members uh, that would do everything in the world to, to, to turn on you. What about right in the church? How many people do you trust in the church? My best friend growing up, his name was Ray. And Ray and I, we were pretty close. We had the same classes together in high school. We, we had very similar after-school activities. We, we both went into law enforcement right out of high school. And I can't tell you the number of times that he was there to, to cover my back as we went into certain situations. And you know what? I trusted him with my life. And he trusted his life uh, with me. Not only on the street, but in the home and as the office at well there at the station, I knew Ray would never say anything bad or negative about me. He had something that he needed to get off his chest about. We talked together in private, and we worked through that. He knew that this relationship worked both ways. More than once in this relationship, it was tested, but it was never broken. Why was that? I mean, this is before I was really a Christian. We live by this so-called golden rule, as we call it here in Matthew 7, verse 12. And listeners, again, we were not even Christians at the time. And if two people who do not know Christ can act this way, my question is, why do we who claim to know Jesus today as our personal Savior struggle with living by this commandment? How many people listening here today can honestly say you have this type of relationship with and you fill in that blank? You could trust Him with your very own life. If we cannot say anyone or everyone then then we need to start building a relationship with Jesus that that is that's what we're talking about here you and I can only get this 
kind of a relationship by treating others the way we want to be treated until we have this relationship with Jesus worked out. Now, relationships are constantly growing and expanding, and that should be true in our Christian walk. Until we get out of this relationship that we have, I know especially in the United States, my guess is it's a human problem, we had this relationship of me, myself, and I. And if you don't believe me, ask me. Okay? Until we get out of this selfish relationship, we cannot be in compliance with this command that we've been talking about in this podcast. We are so worried in our society on how well I treat me. We give ourselves fancy cars, homes, we want fat bank accounts, fancy foods. I mean, the list can go on and on. But the problem is, we cannot get enough of the material things for ourselves. And part of this issue is, we cannot figure out what enough really is. When is enough enough? You know, all the prestige you think you have of yourself cannot sustain you for a godly relationship. Because it's a selfish relationship. Because if you do not have a loving relationship with God and with others, you have missed the boat. Life is not about these things. It's about relationships. Our our relationship with, with Jesus, our relationship with our spouse, our children, our church group, and ourselves. When, when someone says, I don't lie, I, I don't hurt people, I do not threaten people, or I don't do this, or I don't do that, or I never, the issue is not what you do not do, but rather what you do. I have known many people who were not Christians that did not lie, who did not steal, did not cheat people out of whatever, rewards, money, paychecks, vacation times, whatever. This is not the point that Jesus is making here. The point is how you treat others. Listen again as we read this verse. Matthew 7, verse 12. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. We are to treat people, no matter what the situation is, as though we were standing in their shoes. And we do not have the means of escape here on on some things or sometimes... Uh, We are to treat others in the same manner uh, as though we like to be. Jesus says in everything, not just selective situations. How do you want your friends to treat you? How do you want co-workers to treat you? How do you want your spouse or perfect stranger? How do you want those people to treat you? If your wife cooks you a really nice meal and it looks a little burnt, how are you going to treat her? 
Are you going to offer the meal to the dog? I mean, our dog, she'd love that probably. But let's say we just go out and get a bite to eat tonight, honey. Are you going to say, thank you, sweetheart, for preparing me such a nice meal? No, you took a lot of time. Man, how would you feel if your wife points out a spot on the car after you just washed it and waxed it and vacuumed it? You know, we need to learn to treat each other in the same way we want to be treated. Again, here in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You and I as Christians are the brightest light in the entire world. And when we treat others the way you want to be treated, when you and I show the world how Christ treats us, and we are treating others in that very same manner, can you imagine how many godly relationships can be built? Can you imagine how much spiritual growth could happen in this country, in our homes, in our church groups? Because when we grow spiritually closer to God, we will grow closer to each other. And the world will see our light. And they're going to come to it. They're going to want, hey, that guy's got something I want. Okay? And then we're going to see a numerical growth happening in our church groups. I know more and more people uh, in the past year are meeting in homes. And their, their little groups are growing. And they're, when the weather's nicer, they're going to the city park. They're going places uh, where everybody can be outside and, and enjoy the fresh air and, and hear a message and have some prayer time. People cannot ignore a bright light in a world of darkness. They're going to see it. I mean, have you ever been by a, an airport? I know when I was out in New Mexico uh, toward Las Cruces in the middle of the night. I could see a really bright white light. And no, it was not a UFO, okay? It was White Sands Missile Range. And they had a big strobe light going. And you could see that 50 miles away. That's what people will see in us. In a world of darkness... On how we treat other people. In our politically motivated society, the great divisions that we have around the world, a light of kindness, godlike people can change the world. Now, People may not go to that light. You know, I remember years ago, I believe it was on Time Magazine, and the cover was black, and at the top of the corner uh, was a flashlight. A man was holding a flashlight. And the rats that were in the light were trying to get out of the light. They, were, they wanted to be in their dark world. But no matter what, they're going to see that light. People will see it. Because of your light cannot be hidden. 
The world may not understand this. People outside the church may not get it. Because they are into me, myself. I'm going to beat you before you can beat me. Greed, elitism, racism, uh, self-centered. They're all rampant today. And we can change our relationships that we have with others by the way we're treating others. What does it take to obey this command? The answer is simple enough. You cannot do it alone. You can only do it with a devoted relationship with Christ. And without Christ in full control of your life, you cannot do this with worldly thoughts and actions. You have to want Christ in your life, and you're going to have to allow Him complete and utter control. And that's the problem today in our world. We have people on very far spectrums of the politics. They all want ultimate power and control over people's lives, their money, their homes, their food sources, whatever. They don't want. They want to be God. They don't want the God of the Bible to be in charge. Again, without Jesus in control of your life, we're we're not going to be able to do this as a nation, as a world. But we can do it in our homes, in our church groups, at work, to let people say, hey, that guy, that lady, wow, they are some kind of special. And I cannot promise you, if you treat others with love and kindness, that you're going to be given that in return. You may not. I can name more than one case when I was treated very low by people who claimed to be members of of the Lord's Church. You know what? Uh, That's all on them. They have to answer to God for those actions and the words that they said. There was a saying years ago that I was taught when I went through the police academy years and years ago now kill them with kindness in other words no matter how bad somebody's talking to you how bad they're treating you smile and let it go for if you treat them with kindness and respect at the end of the day they're going to pay for that you will not they will have to enter to the judge in the courtroom not you. And that same principle applies. Those folks are going to have to answer to the judge, Christ. We we will follow, when we follow what Christ has commanded, we will have nothing to worry about. Jesus, he's going to bless us, not only in this lifetime, but in the next life, the afterlife of eternity. And you and I have every opportunity, if you're not in a relationship with Christ, to become a Christian. Find a congregation, uh, a group of people who are really truly seeking out God's love, His forgiveness, their repentance. They're not allowing society, and it's very hard, but they're trying very hard to resist the society influence uh, what Christianity is supposed to do, look, and smell like. 
Because I guarantee if you study the Bible long enough, you'll find out very quickly, actually, the Bible has a lot different outlook on how people should act, talk, believe what is right and what is wrong. This idea of can't we all get along? Well, that's, that's great. And we should all try to get along. But as long as people are willing in the church to accept you know, worldly influence, I, I went through this years ago in a congregation that was serving up in, in South Dakota. They really, a group of them, really truly believed, because they verbally said so in Bible classes, the culture should be able to influence the church. And that's not right. It, it's simply not. The church is supposed to influence the culture. We are to be the light of the world. We're supposed to love people, uh, let God take care of things, let Him be in charge, let Him say what's right or wrong, and to accept any kind of lifestyle, uh, words that people use, whatever. That's not biblical. Okay? And you're saying, oh, now you're going against everything you just talked about. No. I'm teaching Bible. And I know those things are offensive to other people. But once we show them how much God loved them, how he died for them, and this is why he wants us to listen to him and allow him to be in charge. He wants us to have a good life. He really does. Now, does it mean there's not hard times? Because there will be. And I know it's a popular teaching today in America that you can have your best life now. Well, folks, listeners, we all want to have a comfortable life. I get that. But if your best life is now, what is coming for you in the future? That's my question. If that, you can have your best life now by, by simply saying a prayer and following God in your, in your mind. What, what about the apostles and the people in the first century? that were persecuted, hung on, on crosses, burned at the stake, or whatever, how is that their best life now? We need to treat one another, definitely, with love and respect. We need to understand that the Holy Spirit convicts people's hearts, not us. The Word of God convicts that heart, that softens that heart, to get people to turn their their eyes to God to look at that light and walk to that light God's in complete control whether we really want to admit it or not oh yes we have freedom to do and say what we want but he also has the, the right and the freedom to judge us according to his word If you need help finding a church group, I would do my best to help you. I can't make big promises, but I would try. If you would email me through the webpage. I also want to thank those who have been financially supporting us. Uh, I know the letters and notes always say it's not much. But I'm going to tell you what, every little bit helps us offset the cost of putting the podcast out. Nobody here is making a salary. Nobody's making wages off of this. Uh, at all. We're just simply trying to keep the podcast out. It has continually grown each week. We continue to gain more and more listeners from around the world. And even within the United States here, uh, we're getting more and more listeners in Canada. And 
so I want to say hello to, to Winkler Canada and uh, one of the biggest listeners out of that country is from that city. And so thank you uh, Columbus, Ohio, uh, believe it or not, San Francisco, California. We have a group of listeners there and we have listeners from all over the United States obviously. So please tell your friends, your family about us, how you found them, how you found us, excuse me. Uh, we certainly hope and it, that you will pray for this podcast to continue to grow and, and with Christ's blessings and that more and more people who are seeking out uh, Bible, true Bible, uh, they're tired of the denominational thing, send them, let them check us out. We have several two years, or close to two years, I guess I should say, a podcast on our webpage. I'm sure you can do the same thing on your uh, mobile apps or however you listen to us. Go back and listen to some of those old podcasts. And I know many people are actually starting to do that. Some of those early ones are starting to get hits again. So we appreciate that. We appreciate your time to listen. Uh, we pray for our listeners every day, especially those who are persecuted and living in countries uh, where it's not legal or, or it's very stressful to be a Christian. We pray for you especially. Again, thank you for listening. May God bless you and may He have the glory. <laughs>